This is episode 10 with Mark Thompson of the Entrepreneur's Thrive podcast. We interview some of the most brilliant minds in business and entrepreneurship so you can learn how to maintain success, enjoy its rewards and take it to the next level. Together, we break down all of the myths, legends, struggles and insights behind what it takes for you to join this tribe of successful entrepreneurs to grow and stay ahead of the pack. I'm your host, Joel Ong of the Entrepreneur's Tribe Podcast and welcome to the show. Hey and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur's Tribe Podcast. My name is Joel and I'm the host for this show. Um, I'm also the founder and video strategist at Tape Your Time and today's guest, um, he's Mark Thompson and he's the co-founder of PayKickstart. Uh, which is a shopping cart and affiliate management uh, SaaS company. And Mark has been an online entrepreneur for over 12 years, teaching and selling software and uh, training to other marketers and other business owners online. And they have processed collectively over 150 million as a platform and are doing you know, uh, you know, 20 million in sales. Um, and Mark has been recently featured on, you know, Starter Story, The Next Web, Business.com, and a number of other mainstream podcasts like uh, The Fighting Entrepreneur by Annick Single and also The $100 MBA Show. So, you know, uh, Mark oversees, you know, a lot of people who run transactions online, a lot of vendors, uh, whether these be e-commerce, online courses, um, coaches, uh, and he, he gets an insider look into all the data that's there and uh, his, his company has a wide affiliate network as well. So um, he, he's really a master at the online you know, user shopping cart experience. Um, and so I think you're going to enjoy this episode a lot. There's tons of tactical advice. I mean, Mark's been so generous to give all of this uh, useful information. I was busy jotting down notes during the whole process. Um and he talked about, you know, uh, increasing the customer lifetime value, reducing churn, um, how to think about your business in these various ways so that you can scale and grow even further. And um, he services, you know, businesses of all scales and types from the smallest to companies that are doing over a million dollars per month um, in revenue. So without further ado, Mark Thompson. So Mark, um, what may you do what you do today? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a long story. I'll, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version of it. So I kind of uh, stumbled upon what I'm doing you know, today. So there was kind of an evolution. I, I went to school for marketing, but um, you know, really everything I learned in college didn't really apply to what I do today. So um, I would say you know, I stumbled across this, this forum called the Warrior Forum, which I'm sure anybody who's into internet marketing um, knows this forum. It's, it's the largest community of, of marketers out there. And, and so I saw these people launching different products. So information products and software. And I, I just, I saw people, you know, selling thousands of, of copies of their products. And I'm like, man, this is really cool. I loved, I loved the concept of not having to trade time for money. And I did that for a number of years um, as kind of a consultant, um, a marketing consultant, helping with search engine optimization and pay-per-click and email marketing. And it was, becoming really hard to scale that business because I, I was trading time for money and I only had so many hours in the day. And so I really loved that concept of being able to create a, a digital product and being able to have it sell for you 24 seven and not have to trade time for money. And so I, I love that concept and I wanted to learn more about it. And so I spent probably three or four years just learning everything I possibly could about how to create a sales page, how to 
create an affiliate program to allow others to, to promote your products and what type of products really convert uh, well and, and, and what people wanted. And so I had a, a, a large uh, knowledge of, of, you know, SEO and pay-per-click and all this. And so I started to create information products and I learned how to, you know, record videos and how to create a membership site and all that kind of fun stuff. And, um, and, and I had kind of a breakthrough when I was able to work with someone who, you know, I had this product ready to go, but I didn't really know how to sell it. And, uh, this guy kind of came in, he already knew the ropes and he showed me like how to get affiliates excited about your product and how to launch it and how to create your sales page and how to create a sales funnel and really kind of laid the foundation for how to build an online business. And so I did that for a number of years and I actually kind of stumbled into software. And I found that that was really my main niche. And what I, what I absolutely love to do was being able to create software. And so that's what I've been doing for the last five or six years now was, you know, how to build a, a team, a development team and build software. And so I, I can't write one line of code. I'm not a, I'm not a technical person, but I was able to figure out how to manage designers and developers and, and QA or testing people. And, um, and so, yeah, and so that's that's kind of how I got into uh, Pay Kickstart, which is kind of our main SaaS, our main software as a service solution, where um, we're we're a shopping cart and affiliate management solution, and um, we we kind of built it out of necessity. Uh, we've we you know for years we had been selling our own products, and we just we felt that a lot of the platforms out there were very archaic. Um, they were very just kind of not keeping up with the times for what we need as online entrepreneurs to be able to maximize lifetime value to be able to minimize churn all these things that really help to add you know a couple zeros to your bottom line um, and so um, that's kind of where we're at today we, we run um, a few different software companies with pay kickstart being our, our main flagship program awesome stuff man um you said a lot of things that i want to you know tap into and double click but uh i just wanted to know you know you talked about the you know sacrificing your time for money uh, just to give the listeners some context that was you know way before like even the like the team ferries like four hour work week and uh, all these things before before it became popular and mainstream right yeah yeah absolutely um it was just it was one of those things where i didn't really know any better right i just kind of was was so focused on working in the business and helping to make other businesses profitable and when i finally took a step back and i'm like well if i can do this for other businesses why can't i do this for my own business and be able to create my own products and programs and so that's what i did i see so so like Mark, like, do you do you have kids then, uh, back then, or like, do you have kids now, or you know, some of the um sacrifices? I mean, when you were trading time for money, you know, you probably were spending a lot of time in the business. So, uh, you know, what were some of the sacrifices you had to make then? Yeah, I would say the hardest part was during my transition from you know working on the services side of my business to working more on the product side, just because. I was trying to, you know, pay our bills. And, and, and so I was you know, managing multiple clients. And so, you know, just so we had a steady income, but then I was also trying to learn this other side of building an online business. And so, you know, I would be putting in 70, 80 hours a week. And I, and I knew that wasn't something sustainable um, for, for a lot of different reasons, just for my own personal sanity. But also, you know, I do have a wife and I, and I have a, she's eight years old. I have a daughter now um, who's eight. And, um, you know, I knew I, I wanted to be there. I, I loved the concept of working from home so I could be there for my daughter and spend time with my wife. And, um, and, and so while I was working a lot of hours, at least during that transition, at least I was there at home and I could help 
Um, and so as I started to transition away from the services side of things and started to, you know, build products, obviously I had a lot of hurdles that I had to overcome and it didn't happen overnight, but, um, you know, over four or five years, I started to build that foundation of building recurring revenue and, um, having, you know, being able to generate, you know, a uh, hundred thousand dollars or more in, in a, you know, doing a, a product launch. And so I learned kind of this product launch formula that was really kind of, um, one of my big stepping stones to being successful online, just how to take a product and release it to a marketplace and, and how to generate, you know, a, a life-changing income, at least it was for me at the time. And, um, you know, I was able to uh, take more of that, those hours that I was spending into the business and be able to put it more on autopilot or be able to go and, and, and hire other people to run key parts of my business so that I could go and spend more time with my family. I see. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wanted to ask this question on behalf of um, one of the listeners um, who was curious, you know, like how, you know, what, are, what would be the questions you, um, you would ask yourself in order to find a healthy balance, you know, between working to grow the business and also, you know, spending personal time uh, where it's important. So for you personally, how, how, do, you, how do you manage the two? Yeah, it's it's a really good question. And so one exercise that I think everybody can do, and this is something that I do typically on a, on a, uh, probably I do it every six months or so. Um, just because your business is always changing and evolving. So what I would do is I would just create a list. And so on the right-hand side, I would create any, any activities that I do, um, that are, that have a direct impact on revenue. Um, I would put on the right side and anything that's kind of tedious tasks that don't really have uh, an impact on revenue, I'd put on the left-hand side. And so what I would do is throughout the day, I would do this for about three days. I would just write down the activity that I did and how long it took me to complete it. And one thing that that this, this process is meant to do is really open your eyes to allow you to focus on the activities that are driving the majority of your revenue. Of course, you're never going to really like get rid of those tedious tasks. I mean, they're always going to be in your business. But whenever you can outsource those things or pass them off to someone else, I would highly recommend that you do it. Even if your business isn't generating a ton of money, if you can find an intern or even just a part-time virtual assistant that you pay three, five, seven bucks an hour to just take those tedious tasks off your plate so that you can focus on the growth of your business, that had a huge impact on, on my business. And so I would recommend everybody doing it. And the more you can do it, the better. You could do it every month if you want to, but if your business isn't evolving that dramatically, then, you know, every six months would be fine. And so try to find those, you know, what's your time sucker? What's just taking up all of your time and trying to pass it off and, you know, create kind of like an SOP or some sort of a knowledge base, an internal knowledge base where you, regardless of who you hire, you can plug them right into your business and you're not having to manually, you know, yourself train them. You can just take them to kind of a, a central repository where you have, you know, those kind of how to's to run your business and they can go through that, they can learn it and they can execute on it. Mm, so, so like, like playbooks, um, so to speak, right? I mean, uh, SOPs, guidelines. Um, yeah, a, exactly. I see. So it's, it's like the, the concept is almost like uh, building a machine that runs on its own so that, you know, if you're sick or, you know, some emergency happens or, you know, for all sorts of various reasons, um, it is still predictably um, generating that that income or uh, keeping the business running, right? 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost like asking you know the question like if I if I wasn't here tomorrow, like if I got <laughs> hit by a bus or something, <laughs> and, and you know can can your can your business still function? And for a lot of people, especially if you're kind of a, a solopreneur, the answer is no, right? Like if 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 you can't work on your business, then your business will will fail, right? Or or just it'll you'll stop generating revenue. And so you have to ask yourself that question like if I removed myself from business, could it still you know, be a well-oiled machine and still function. And, and if the answer is no, then it, it's really important to start to build that kind of repository for SOPs or guidelines so that you can go and bring someone in and, and your business wouldn't miss a beat. Say, for example, uh, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm in that position, um, but I'm concerned, you know, I'm worried because I got this far running everything on my own, right? You know, I built it from scratch. Um, I mean, there's, there's probably some level of discomfort there with you know not being in control especially you know i've had some friends who are like that you know it's, it's very hard to give up control so i mean how, did you have that problem and how, how did you overcome it if you if you had it you know just go getting over the mental hurdle of taking on and managing that risk of having it in someone else's hands you know because somehow you know there's this weird thing in the head that goes on where oh if i do it uh, and i and i do it instead of someone else then you know it's less risky so to speak I mean, <laughs> yeah yeah i think it, that's probably one of the hardest things for entrepreneurs is to to let go of control because i think you know by by nature it's kind of in our dna to be control freaks and we want to try to do everything ourselves but you know, in my opinion, you know, the, the the smart entrepreneurs are the ones that know how to delegate, right? So if you need to design something, the you know the the, the entrepreneur in me ten years ago would have been like, well, let me go and learn Photoshop and design this thing myself. But me now, I'm like, I'm going to find someone that knows how to do Photoshop and is an expert at it, and I can just pay them to do it. And that's that's hard for a lot of entrepreneurs, and it's it's hard to break that mindset or that habit. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't something that I, I did right away. Um, I wish I had started sooner. And so what, what I would recommend everybody do is start to give up a little bit of control, um, you know, every every month, every year, right? Just a little bit of control and start to rely on other people. And it doesn't have to be like anything that is like, uh, you know, the main uh, revenue drivers of your business. You can still kind of steer that ship but you still need to be able to rely on other people and and you can give them more control as you start to build trust over time. So, you know, don't, don't give someone the keys to your business on day one, right? Have them prove that they are reliable, um, that they're trustworthy over weeks, months, and years, um, and then start to give them more responsibility. So start small and then you can gradually uh, increase and, and give them more kind of uh, important tasks that have more impact on your business. Awesome. Yeah, that's very prudent advice, Mark. Thank you. Um, so I want to shift to, you know, the, the whole customer journey process and really driving and increasing and improving their lifetime value. Um, what, what would be the one thing that an entrepreneur or a business owner or founder listening to this would need to keep constantly at the back of their minds so that their business can grow tenfold in the next 10 years? Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good question. And you know, I mean, from when I first built my my first business, my first online business to where I am today, like I've I've learned so much. And so one thing that I've learned, you know, if and so when I first started to create products, I would sell them for a one-time investment. And I realized that that was more of like 
uh, a revenue generation mechanism than building a real sustainable business. And so if you don't have recurring revenue in your business, um, you don't really, you don't have a business, right? Um, it's just really a way to, to generate revenue. And it took me a while to really understand that. And so once I started to build a, a, a piece of software uh, in particular, where people are paying me month after month, um, X amount of dollars, that's when I, I kind of took a step back and I'm like, okay, well, how do I keep these people to keep paying me, right? And, and minimizing churn or people that are canceling. And so at least like what I've been focused on over the last probably year, year and a half, um, because it's had such a dramatic impact on our business is how do I keep providing more value to my existing customer base? Um, because what a lot of what a lot of entrepreneurs think or a lot of online businesses feel is that I need to drive more traffic. I need more traffic to my to my sales page and I need more leads. When in actuality, if you if you look at it, most people have kind of a, a churn problem. They they acquire the customer, they spend all this money and time and energy into acquiring the customer, but then they start to lose, you know, 20, 30, 40% of their customers each and every month. When if you just spent more time understanding, well, why are they leaving, right? Is it, is it an issue with like, uh, like Dunning, like, like just the, the credit cards are canceling and they don't have an easy way of just updating their credit cards or is it something with the products, right? Is, is the, is it the, the pricing? Is it too high? Is it, not, is it not in line with, um, you know, the value that you're providing them in the, in the, in the competition, or is it something like a feature that needs to be added that so that a, a large chunk need in order to, you know, have success with your product. And so one of the things that we've been working on recently is how do we get our new customers to first value as quickly as possible? And so with pay kickstart, you know, there's a few things that they need to do in order to start selling their product, right? They need to go and set up a campaign. They need to connect their payment gateway. And so, you know, we, we actually created this in-app onboarding experience. So for someone who's brand new to our solution, we just hold their hand through that process. And once they've been able to set up their campaign and do uh, a few things within the app, they can start selling their product. And that's when they have their aha moment and they can see the full value of our product. And so regardless of whatever it is that you're selling, you want to think in the back of your mind, what's the fastest way I can get them to see value with our product? Because that means that they're going to stick around much longer, which means that you're going to maximize the lifetime value of your customer, which then means you can start to focus on more traffic generation, right? Top of funnel stuff to get people Hmm. into your product of which will help you to scale your business much faster. I see. So just so that I understand uh, some of the pointers that you said, um, the, the picture, the, the analogy or the heuristic that just came up immediately in my head um, as you as you were explaining, it's like, it's almost like trying to, you know, like if people who are currently not fixing their, their backend problems of their conversions and, you know, whether is it like what you say, like product market fit or is it like yep. a payment issue or, you know, is it some issues with some inadequacies with the product or service that you're offering that, you know, the customers aren't very happy with and so they leave and they never come back. Um, it's also things like um, providing a done-for-you service, almost like convenience of it, so that uh, to, to walk them to a place where they are fully informed, fully educated on the full value which you can bring to them um, so that you can uh, maximize their, uh, the, the longevity of uh, the relationship between you and them, right? 
Yeah, exactly. So once you can really dial that in and you've tried to maximize, I mean, and you're always, you're always trying to improve it, right? You're never going to be able to get churn down to zero. And there's always a way to increase the average revenue per user, right? Um, and there, that'll never change. Like that's always uh, evolving, right? But if, if you can minimize churn as low as possible, if you can maximize the value of each customer that comes through your door, that's just going to open the gates to allow you to focus on, hey, if I now I can start to drive more top of funnel leads and take those leads. And once I once they become a customer, then that kind of revenue engine kicks in where they're getting great value from the product and they want to stick longer. So most people think of it as like top of funnel. I need I need more leads when in actuality, you should think of it the opposite way. Let me really dial in and get um, these these customers that I do have using the product, getting great value from it, sticking around longer. Because once you've done that, once you have that dialed in, then that's really when the fun starts to happen. That's when you can start to scale the business and you can, you can worry about all your traffic generation. Right. And, um, and how, how, would you, how would you be able to identify, like run your winners long and cut your losers short, right? I mean, how important is data, um, looking at the data, or, you know, whether it be, you know, first-hand experience, like talking to your customers or speaking to them and things like that. Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of it is da- uh, data-driven, but it's also just just sitting back and listening. So we, we do a combination of both. So uh, one thing we always do, it, you know, the people that do want to cancel um, their subscription with us, we do just ask them, hey, like, well, why are you canceling? Is it cost? Um, if it is cost, maybe there's some plan or there's some way that we can work with them um, to save them as a customer, right? Is it um, a feature that's that's missed that that you require in your business? Well, you know, maybe it's so. Uh, maybe we need that to add that feature. Um, if if it's a feature that you know, and, and obviously, especially when you're dealing with software, you get hundreds or thousands of feature requests, and you can't implement <laughs> all of them. So it's a matter of being able to prioritize them. But for the people that are like, you know, there's that bucket, there's that segment of of customers that left and they needed that one feature. Well, once you do add that feature, contacting them and saying, hey, we do have that feature now. We'd love to have you back and you can get. So so part of it is just listening and understanding why it is that they're leaving um, or refunding or canceling. And then the other part is is really the the data. Um, And so like one thing that we've worked on within Pay Kickstart is we try to provide all of those key metrics to, you know, for our vendors. So they understand like what, you know, what are your conversions? What are your, what's your churn? What's your um, lifetime value? All those key metrics. Um, The other thing that we've done is we've integrated with ProfitWell, which um, if you're not using ProfitWell, you should be um, because it's, it's 100% free in terms of um, analytics. They give you tons of advanced analytics about your business. And um, we have a, an integration with, with ProfitWell. So we make it super easy for anyone using our platform to be able just to get advanced analytics that we don't provide. Because we're not, I mean, yes, we're, we're partially an analytics company, but that's not our main focus. Our main focus is, is the shopping cart and the affiliate management and all that, the, the, the checkout experience. So um, having that data. So there's no reason why your business shouldn't have this, this important data because you need a benchmark, right? You need to know where you're currently at. And then as you start to, you know, implement certain things, right, in your business, you can see if it's having a negative or positive impact on your business. Mm, I see. So, um, yeah, very interesting points. Um, in So in your experience, Mark, I mean, what's the reason that, I mean, specifically for your business, right? Um, mm-hmm. What's the reason why they would choose, you know, pay kickstart as opposed to, 
another SaaS company, another you know shopping company. Because nowadays it's so competitive, right? Like we're competing yep. on a on a global scale, and there's so much noise out there. Uh, people are really skeptical. So, um, you know, is is that is that um, you know, what's the thing that moves the needle really? I mean, is it is it human touch? Is it um you being relatable as a SaaS company because you know ultimately you're selling something that's quite impersonal right it's software um so you know do you really push against that and so you know you take them from point a to b where it's it's very easy and very seamless almost like a whole they're almost like paying for an experience really that comes together with it um so is, is that the, the the reason um or is there something else yeah, so I mean, w- there's really two different buckets. There's there's uh, voluntary and involuntary churn, right? So there's so involuntary churn is is people who you know they're they're paying for you know for pay kickstart and their credit card expires or they reach their credit limit or there's some issue with billing, right? And so one so we have a whole Dunning experience that's built in where we automatically reach out to the customer and we try to have them update their billing details. So there's a customer billing portal. And so one thing that, and one of the reasons that we actually built Pay Kickstart in the first place was before we were using a platform that didn't even have any ability for the customer to update their billing details. And so, you know, having a subscription customer, that's like the holy grail of building an online business. But if you don't have a way for them to update their billing details, when, you know, about 30% of transactions, they fail. Uh, month uh, month over month, and so if you don't have a way to update, allow your customers to update their billing details, um, you're you know you're 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 just leaving money at the table, right? Yeah, and it's so, like the back, it's like the back and forth, and then the relationship gets sour. You know, yeah, like yeah, complicated. <laughs> and so we realized, um, I think from 2013 to 2015, we had left over a million dollars on the table just from involuntary churn. This is such low hanging wow. fruit. And such an easy way for you, just as long as you just have a way for them to go and update their billing details, they can continue to be a customer. So that's kind of one bucket, and, and we've obviously improved that dramatically. And and, this, and and Pay Kickstart automates a lot of that dunning for you. So we do capture a lot of those people that you know their their credit card expired or whatever. Um, so that's that's the one bucket. And then you know the other bucket is is voluntary churn. And and so we're trying to figure out well why is it that they're leaving? And the the good news is. Um, and we've been able to, to resolve a lot of those issues when, um, you know, the, um, pay kickstart when you're, if you're new to it, like any software, you're, you're just trying to figure it out, right? You're clicking around, you're trying to figure out how do I really even use this tool? And yeah. so we did add the, the in-app onboarding experience that, that basically dumbs down the entire platform, um, until you're ready to be start to do more advanced stuff. And so we're like, okay, step one, click here, do this. Step two, click here, do that. And we just we just dumb it down for them so they can kind of walk through the process of, okay, this is how, this is how the tool works. This is how I get the most out of it. And so back, you know, when we first launched the platform about three years ago, we had a lot of people just saying it was too overwhelming. It was too confusing. I didn't know what to do. So we made a concerted effort to really kind of hold their hand through that experience. Um, And then we also implemented live chat. So we have 24 seven live chat. So even if the in-app onboarding experience does fail or they, or they get stuck and they have a question, they can contact our live chat team. We can answer questions right then and there. They don't have to submit a support ticket and wait, you know, hours or days. Um, they can get an immediate answer and they can continue to use the tool and have success with the tool. And so um, the, the main reason right now, actually, that people are leaving is they're like, um, I, 
they don't have a, a, a business yet, right? They're just kind of testing out tools. They're just trying to play around with it. And then they'd be like, well, you know, my product's not ready yet to have a, a shopping cart and to start accepting payments. And so that's been kind of the main thing. And, and, and a lot of those people will come back after six months or a year, um, you know, once they do have a business and they're ready to start accepting payments and manage affiliates and all that kind of fun stuff. So, you know, that's one thing that we, we really listen to just say like, okay, well, why is each person canceling? And we're trying to over overcome those objections even for myself you know sometimes i purchase or i try out certain things and uh it's it's not like the right moment where i'm ready to use it yet so it's not like i don't like the product um, but like i always found it very almost like a hassle or pain point where if, if i have to re-register everything and re you know redesign everything um it, it's it's such a pain you know um yeah. And I appreciate it a lot where, you know, even if I'm not paying them and, you know, for a certain period of time, they, they keep my information there so that, you know, if I come back, I can just purchase and everything is back to where it was. Yeah, and that's that's something that we do. So actually for, for vendors who are just trying it out, you know, we have a we have a 14-day trial and we allow them to create their campaigns. They can start adding their products into the system, have their checkout pages ready, all that kind of fun, build their sales funnels, do all that stuff. The only thing you can't do is accept payment, right? So once you're if you're not paying for a subscription, you're not able to accept payment. So what's great is like even if you know your business isn't ready yet, at least you've structured all the campaigns, you could get all your integrations ready, and then once you are ready to start selling and start to you know actively work on that business, um, you can you know start paying for your subscription and then you can start accepting payments. So we don't actually just like delete your account and you know have to start over from scratch um, if you want to you know pick up where you left off three months down the road. I see. Cool. It's, it's almost like um, yeah, I, I used to use this analogy of fishing. You know, like you're trying to catch fish in the ocean. Uh, with a net where you know the holes are really huge, right? And it's constantly trying to just reduce the holes so that you can get more get more catch. Otherwise, you know, every time you try to scoop up water, it's so much effort to, you know, and it's so costly, really. I mean, even in advertising, even in um, anything, it's costing your team time, you know, stuff like that. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, uh, what would be you know three takeaways that you would give to um a business owner who's listening to this? Um, who's you know stuck with growth? Maybe for example, they are at a six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure mark, probably, uh, and they want to you know move the needle and go to the next level. Um, when would you know such uh, and especially if they're subscription-based, really? Um, is it only for products? Um, what about service-based? You know, because I understand you know sometimes coaches do have information products. They have causes. They have that's integrated with all sorts of different uh, product offerings. So is that applicable to them? And, um, you know, what would be questions that they could ask themselves to figure out, hmm, is this the right thing for me? Is this, am I ready? You know, um, questions around that. I mean, to help them to be more informed in understanding um, this area. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, it's, it's a loaded question. So I'll, let me, so there's a, f a few different angles here. The, the, the first thing that you have to think about is, are you targeting the right people? Right. Um, sometimes, you know, if you're if you're stuck and you're not scaling your business where you want it to go, maybe you're just targeting the, the, the wrong people. Right. Maybe you have the you have bad uh, the wrong messaging um, or maybe your messaging is too broad. Right. And you're not focused on, you know, a specific segment of who, you know, whoever it is that you're going after. So that obviously needs to be dialed in or else, you know, obviously that's going to impact your conversions or people will, you know, buy your product or service. And then that's going to impact churn 
um, because people will cancel because it, it, it wasn't exactly what they were looking for. So you need to make sure you have your customer avatar dialed in and you know exactly who it is that you're targeting. Once you have that dialed in, um, then it's a matter of, okay, well, if, you know, it, it, is, is it a churn problem, right? Are people canceling, right? Um, mm. and, and so if, if it is, well, you need to understand why are people leaving, right? Is it something, is it just low-hanging fruit, very simple things you can do, a little tweak in your business that can have a dramatic impact on your business? Um, if, if that's the case, right? And, so, and for a lot of people, um, like it's just invol- it's uh, involuntary churn, right? They're, they're, they don't have a way for customers to update their billing details. Um, or if it's voluntary churn and they're leaving for a specific reason, you need to have a, a way of being able to understand, well, what is the reason, right? And, and, and if it's a large segment of those people that are all leaving for the same reason, well, then you need to go and address that. Um, and then the other thing that I think about is, is kind of expansion revenue. So you have a customer that's paying you $100 a month. How do I get them to pay me $200 a month or 300 or 500 or a thousand, right? So come up with add-ons or, or, or ways for people to easily upgrade. And so sometimes it's a pricing thing. Maybe you've just priced your, your products um, in a way that, that, that prohibits you from growing. And we actually dealt with this and it's actually something we're working on right now um, with our pricing. So we actually, you know, to get kind of our foot in the door and to build market share, we had really kind of low, low entry, bare bones pricing. Um, one thing that we've learned over the years is that that's actually prohibiting us from growth. And so it's hard, it's, it's much harder to, you know, get a whole bunch of people paying you $19 a month, as opposed to, you know, a hundred or $200. And one thing that we've actually learned from, from doing the market research was that people were looking at our, our pricing and, you know, we, we target customers who are doing, you know, at least, you know, tens of thousands of dollars um, per month in revenue. Um, ideally, you know, if you're doing like, you know, 20 to, to $50,000 per month in revenue, that's kind of uh, the, the, the low entry of people that are using our product. And then we have people that are doing, you know, millions of dollars each month. And so one thing we, we noticed was, well, if you're doing like, if you're a million dollar a year business and you see that our pricing is, you know, 20 bucks or a hundred dollars a month, they, they don't actually take you seriously. They're like, well, you know, here's some other, you know, um, you know competitors <laughs> that, that are charging, you know, $300 a month plus, you know, a percentage of revenue and they, they actually don't take you seriously. So sometimes you could, you have a negative impact because your pricing is so low. Um, and then obviously there's at the other end of the spectrum, if your pricing is too high, it can obviously hurt you um, as well. So you have, you have to always be tweaking your pricing, right? Oh, and even if it's just minor tweaks, um, it's important to, to figure out what's that sweet spot so you can maximize growth. I see. So, but you, you don't tweak the pricing for your existing customers, right? Of course. I mean, if it's a subscription base, you know, if, if it keeps fluctuating all the time, then, um, you know, you know, what kind of consequences would that have? Um, I'm just curious, you know, I mean, if you, if you're tweaking pricing, um, is it for, you know, new customers and then what about the existing ones, right? I mean, it's obviously a sticky situation where, um, if you agree on a previous price before and then now you want to change it, then of course there's going to be some form of resistance. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you have to, you have to be very careful when you do pr- uh, price increases and you need to always be delivering, like you always have to be driving home the value and, and why explain to the customer why it is that you're increasing the pricing. So, 
like for us, you know, the, 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 the early adopters of our platform, um, we did allow them to grandfather into that pricing and keep it locked in as long as they have an active subscription. But you have to be very, very careful with, with grandfathering pricing. In my opinion, we actually made uh, the wrong decision to allow grandfathered pricing for, for life. Um, I don't ever think I, I, like knowing what I know now, I would have never done that. I would have, I would say, well, you can keep the grandfathered pricing because you were an early adopter, but limit it to you know a year or two years, and then at some mm-hmm. point, you know, as their business grows, they're going to pay a little bit more. And so, with our new pricing, you know, uh, that we're actually getting ready to roll it out next month, um, it's basically kind of like a pay as you grow, where you know, if if you're a million dollar business that's much different than someone just starting out and, you know, generating a couple thousand dollars per month. So if you're yeah. just starting out, obviously you probably don't need all the bells and whistles, all the features that our platform provides. Um, whereas someone that's generating a couple million dollars a year, they're probably, it's a more advanced um, business and they're willing to pay you more. So it's really, you know, um, doing what, what we call like a, a cohort analysis and kind of having buckets of your customers and understanding like who's who can pay for what and so that's that's kind of how we've built our new pricing is based off of those different segments of customers right yeah it's almost like a car showroom right you go in there's different models like you if you're trying to sell all lamborghinis or you're just trying to sell all like uh, entry cars then you're not going to appeal to uh each so it, it seems to me like you're you're almost trying to tailor it to different segments or sub segments of your existing customer uh, pool. Yeah, it's like uh, like like what Tesla did, right? Like Tesla always had kind of higher end cars. I mean, started at like eighty thousand dollars and went up, but then they introduced their their Model Three car, which was kind of the affordable like mass market thirty grand um, uh, or thirty grand you know for the car, and you know it it, it reached a different market segment. Mm, yeah and of course like what you briefly mentioned um you know the the power of higher higher pricing as well right i mean i if i'm not wrong like uh they did a study before like a research study about artworks like paintings right uh i think they they put like uh several oh no wait it was wine i think yeah so like uh, they they got like really expensive wine and really cheap wine and then they changed up the pricing and uh people tasting it were like "Mm, this is a uh, it's probably the most expensive one, but it ended up being the cheapest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 really, really interesting. I mean, in terms of the even the whole psychology, um, they were studying like areas of the brain that lit up that were like pleasure centers of the brain. Um and, and somehow when people felt like um it wasn't really the price, but when people felt like um they were getting the perceived experience of what they're getting for that price. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that made them feel enjoy uh, that they enjoy the process and feel enjoyable. So really, I think that, I think there's there's something similar to what you're talking about. You know, with like uh, people, you know, having a second doubt, like hmm, you know, if if, if this thing costs too cheap, you know, there must be something missing here and there. It, it can't be that good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a really interesting topic, and it, and it's actually something you know we continue to work on. So you know when we first start, when we first built the platform we were so feature happy we're like okay we need this feature and that feature because all of our customers kept ask, asking us but w- when we we're actually taking a step back now and we're like okay well we have this feature but the feature is only so good as the perceived value of you know what like the the of what the customer gets out of it and so like like our dunning feature so 
we have Dunning management that allows you to, you know, save uh, failed transactions and, and get them to update their billing details and, and save the sale. But that feature is only as good as we're able to show, hey, like this is how much money you've saved uh, or, or re recaptured um, using this feature. And so that's what we're kind of going back right now is saying, okay, we have these features, but we need to, we need to drive home the value to the customers so they can see, oh, this is what this feature is doing. This is the impact that it has on my business. <laughs> like a like a like a pie graph or like a, yeah. a spec like a line chart over time you know it's like hey you know after using your stuff you have made this much more <laughs> exactly and then yeah, immediately exactly. they feel satisfied right with no change in the actual product they're getting mm-hmm. cool cool oh yeah and then that would have actually help to even uh, justify the the difference in pricing the tiering uh for different sizes of business right because the impact or the value to the different businesses is different, even though it's the same product. Yeah, absolutely. If we're like, hey, we saved you $50,000 this month using our Dunning or or we were able to double your uh, your conversions using our one-click upsells or our order bumps or anything like that. that, that I mean, if, as long as you can justify it, then they're they're more than happy because this is it's like free money to them. So it's like, sure, I'll pay a little bit more. That's fine. That's great. You got, you're making us more money. Yeah, it's similar to like if you buy a drill to make a hole, right? It's a means to an end. Um, it's almost like it seems almost like you know, even though you're giving them the the software, um, it's a means to them getting more impact in their business. So if I see it that way, then it would make sense. I mean, uh, if I justify it in my head. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. So I think you know the, the moral of the story is you know while you may have you may have this feature or that feature, you need to figure out a way to 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 uh, explain the value and show how it impacts their business. Cool, cool. Okay, so um, Mark, uh, last question. I mean, uh, how can people find out more about you? Yes, um, well, you can go to paykickstart.com. We have a free trial, so you can try it for free and um, see if it's a good fit for your business. Uh, We also have a Facebook group. So if you just go to Facebook and and type in paykickstart, you'll find our group. And um, I'm in there, my, my business partner, some of our team is in there, and we have um, thousands of, of uh, pay kickstart, both vendors and affiliate partners. So um, affiliates who are just looking to promote um, other vendors, we have a marketplace as well. So even if you're an affiliate and you just want to find solid products to promote, uh, lots of our vendors have put their products in our marketplace and you can go and, and you know earn commissions um, promoting uh, vendors that are using our platform. So yeah, those are probably the two places I would recommend. Awesome. Uh, Thank you very much for your time, Mark, and happy uh, Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Um, Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's Tribe podcast. Head over to video.sell.com, V-I-D-E-O-T-H-A-T-S-E-L-L.com to download your free report on 8 simple ways to grow your business using video and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are listening on. And once again, I'm Joel Ong and I want to appreciate you for listening in. And please leave us a review because you have a unique story and we want to hear it. Talk to you soon.